White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow, Carlton Fisk has put the White Sox ahead. Locked on socks, socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Socks. This is episode number 41. I am Herb Lawrence and with me as always is Chris Tannehill. We are back in his great White Sox studio in his basement. It is great to be back here, Chris Tannehill. How are you doing today? Oh, Doing great. It's good to have you back, Herbie. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, I'm trying to shave off some of that COVID-15, the extra 15 pounds they say you, you gain from the stay-at-home orders and just snacking and eating everything terrible in sight you can get your hands on. But Built Bar is helping me get back to where I was before because Built Bar is packed with protein and they're delicious. They come in 16 amazing flavors, including eight chocolate and nut flavors and eight chocolate and nut-free flavors. So don't worry. If you got those peanut allergies, they've got you taken care of. Built Bar is 100% covered in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. You know, yesterday I was mowing the lawn and I needed a, a snack to, to bridge the gap in between, you know, uh, middle of the afternoon and, and something to get me through to dinner. So I had the chocolate peanut butter Built Bar for the first time and it was packed with a whopping 20 grams of protein. It definitely held me down until dinner time, and it was also delicious as well. Built Bars are great if you're a healthy guy on the go, if you want to lose or maintain weight while still enjoying a little treat along the way. They are low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. Right now, Built Bar's got a special offer just for our Locked On White Sox listeners. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's right. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And you can build your own box of Built Bars where they have all these 16 amazing flavors and you can mix and match. There's some maybe you like more than others. So, so load it up with your chocolate peanut butter. Load it up with your banana nut bread flavor. Or maybe the orange chocolate cream, which I'm going to try later on tonight as a little post-podcast dessert. So go to BuiltBar.com now, and don't forget to enter that promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. 41. I've been looking up White Sox 41, but before we get our actual answer in, a guy that we have referenced before is number 41 here on Locked On Sox. He is one of the most unfortunate-looking guys in the history of ever. It's... Our guy, Don Mossy. Yeah, how about that? Don Mossy, who, of course, another mention to Pete Hand. Pete Hand's going to have to have his own uh, button here on our machine uh, because we love his interactions, and every time we mention him, we'll have to play a sound effect or something. But Don Mossy, of course, one of the most handsome baseball cards ever. I was also surprised when I saw that he had one season with the White Sox in 1964. 
Um, but there's a lot of notable 41s. This is, uh, you know, not one of the stronger numbers. Uh, Tom Seaver, I think, is going to be my my vote here. 1984 to 1986, signed specifically for the purpose of we want this guy's going to get his 300th victory, and we want it to be in a White Sox uniform. And of course, he eventually accomplishes that uh, at Yankee Stadium. So I, I'm going to go Tom Seaver because, like, when I think Tom Seaver, you know, I because being a Chicagoan, I think of that moments of him getting that 300th victory in a White Sox uniform. You see it in the, you know, the scoreboard videos like throughout the years at, at Sox Park. So I'm, I'm going to go Tom Seaver, but there's also, there's some other ones that could be possible. Yeah. <laughs> Even guess. though he wasn't Tom Seaver here as a White Sox player, you said he won 300 games, his 300th game here with the White Sox and White Sox have done that a lot, like ended people's careers. So you look at baseball cards, you're like, oh, this last game with the White Sox. That's a lot of players with the with this uh, team's history. But yeah, that's who the guy I was thinking of. Okay. But yeah, there's other notables out there. I mean, there's a guy that we, that we both have history. We're tied to this guy. I'll always think of you when I think of this guy, 2011 to 2012. Mm-hmm. Phil Umber. We were in the studio when he threw his perfect game in Seattle. Um, you know, and then of course things didn't quite pan out for him. I think he's doing, uh, he's doing selling real estate now. I think I remember someone showed a screen grab of him on LinkedIn or something like that. So I'm glad, you know, at least I know our guy Kelly Wunsch was doing it too. Yeah. Doing construction too. Okay. Yeah. But he wasn't that 41. Um, yeah, I would also give an honorable mention for White Sox fans favorite guy that they traded away and hated Kenny for Daniel Hudson, who's still thriving, won a World Series last year with the Washington Nationals, was a free agent and re-signed with the Washington Nationals. Man, you don't hear the end of we could have, you know, we could have turned this guy into the best player of all time. Man, ask any White Sox fan around that time. Man, we traded Daniel Hudson for Edwin Jackson. We lost that trade. Ejax was excellent. Was excellent as a White Sox. And Daniel Hudson, while went on to Arizona for some decent years, was injured for the most of his career and still pitching, pitching well out of the bullpen. And all another guy, Brandon McCarthy, who was in 2005, that was the only year I think he played for the White Sox, if I recall. No, he played next year. He might have just changed his number. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but he, had a, he had big start in Boston at the stretch run of 2005, you know, when they needed a, a big-time win. I think he went up against Kurt Schilling and one in Fenway Park, I believe. But, yeah. And I, I think, wasn't he, like, the people's choice to be the guy led on the playoff roster and Ozzy and Kenny are like, Nope, we're going to go with El Duque. Yeah. That, that, that was a thing. I, I remember that being the conversation uh, certainly worked out in the White Sox favor there. Um, it's funny. You mentioned Daniel Hudson and trading away prospects. You know, it's for a lot of years, it was sort of like, ah, so- Sox did all right. Trading away prospects and never really amount- amounted to nothing much after they left the White Sox mm-hmm. until it came back around. Those, yeah. those chickens came home to roost it hurt so big much. time. You know, some jackass traded Tatis. Until the Tatis trade. Oof, <laughs> we mentioned James hurts. Shields in the last episode. Uh, <laughs> and the weird part about that, I wanted James Shields in the White Sox that year as a guy who was in San Diego the year yeah, before. We all did. Yeah. Or was I in San Diego that year? I don't know. Yeah, in 2016, I was in San Diego working for the flagship and so i remember the game before he got traded yeah, uncle teddy uncle teddy Ted and, and of course uh, my guy jesse jesse agler um gave, uncle teddy jesse here with you yeah gave up 10 runs and then the managing partner one of the owners ron fowler came out and pretty much just shit on him just in the media was killing him and then 
he was a Ron Fowler's this guy, by the way. It's a lot more fun than being a White Sox fan. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, he shit on uh, James Shields. Pretty much said that he was useless, and James really didn't give a big rebuttal, and then he was traded to the White Sox the next I, mean, I think before his next start. No, he maybe made one more start and then got traded to the White Sox. I was like, that's actual good pitcher for the White Sox to have. I didn't want them to trade one of the – I mean, they traded him. When we had him, everybody's like, man, Fernando Tatis Jr., we're, he's going to you know, blossom into something decent. We didn't think he's going to be this guy. Right. No Nobody one, no thought one, he was no going to be did. this yeah. guy. He's a fucking beast. <laughs> But yeah, I was I wasn't like sad, and also they gave away Eric Johnson, which I was like, baby, that extra addition by subtraction. So yeah. at the time, I was more mad about Eric Johnson. I was like, Ugh. oh, Coop could fix this guy because he had like one decent start, and I was like, oh, it's, uh, yeah, Coop will fix him. Like you know, <laughs> the, the big the big time myth that Coop could fix everyone possible, but. Uh, um. Yeah. So episode forty one. I think I think we're gonna ride with Tom Seaver here with Tom the original the Tom OG terrific. Tom Terrific. Yeah. Exactly. Hall of Famer. And this episode of Locked On White Sox is also brought to you by our friends at Postmates. Herb, you know me. I do a lot of meal prep during the week. I don't always have a lot of extra free time, so I'd like to make sure every meal is planned out. So I don't have to think, but the downside of that sometimes is it can be a little tiring, a little overwhelming. So every once in a while, wife and I would like to order delivery. So when you do the same, make sure you're using our friends at Postmates. I know a lot of folks in the restaurant industry, and they've been hit pretty hard during the COVID-19 pandemic. So we've been using Postmates more than ever to support those local businesses. And the best part is it's safe and easy. Postmates has contactless delivery and pickup, so it removes a lot of those stresses that we've all been going through on a day-to-day basis. And it's not just food from your favorite spots either. Postmates can deliver groceries and even booze. How great is that? Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Episode 41, I want to talk about some of these rules here uh, going on with, with 2020 in baseball and the things that they're going to get implemented through this short 60-game season. Some things will stick around and some things maybe not, but this is the reality we're living in right now. Not a lot of surprises here on this list, but this is from MLB.com. Uh, Universal DH, which we talked a little bit. You started ranting about that in the last episode. While the American League adopted the DH rule in 1973, pitchers have continued to hit in games played in National League ballparks. That won't be the case in 2020, as both leagues will use the DH to avoid overtaxing pitchers by having them hit. I think we're both in agreement on this one. This is long overdue, and if you want to talk about maximizing your roster and having the game, I think, more fun. When the ball is in play more, when there's more home runs hit, the game's more fun. And I'm not one for strategy, even though I am a bit of a baseball romantic uh, but not in that regard I like seeing offense I like seeing guys that can hit I don't care about a pitcher bunting a guy over and then we all clap you give the golf clap because he <laughs> did his job it's not exciting to me uh, universal DH just let's see these guys hit 
you know, that's 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 it. That's what, all what it comes down to for me. Just and the entertainment aspect here. It's this is well worth it. I hope this is here to stay, and I hope these people that are kind of like, eh, but strategy, but the strategy. <laughs> I love when you know when Joe Madden when he puts a pitcher out in the outfield. Ot, here's a pitcher. He's been in the outfield. Oh, he caught a ball that was hit to him. Oh wow, what a genius Joe Madden is. Then he gets to use the guy in the next inning, and then what you don't hear about is when they sub those pitchers in and they talk after the game like you know they get lucky and a ball doesn't come to them it's like we were praying to god that a ball wasn't hit to us that shouldn't be part of the game i'm sorry yeah keep it i was frightened by going up to the plate and batting versus another guy who's paid to get me out you know what i haven't done as a pitcher hit in seven years because you know in the minors they don't let me hit for the most part and most play most places they don't want me to hit because you're a pitcher so, you know, I haven't hit since high school, and now you want me to go against the best in the world and get a hit. Good luck. No, that's dumb. I don't want to see a guy, I don't want to see a kicker play quarterback. Yeah, you bring up your Tom Tupa examples. I always do. <laughs> your one Tom Tupa example. Put Paul Edinger back there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. 95. Yeah, that's going to be bad. That's what having a pitcher bat is like. It's dumb. He's a specialist. You should have him only do his specialist, his specialty, and then let other people hit who are paid for that. That's the, why they play position players play every day. If you want if your argument is, well, if you play the if you play, you gotta play both ways. Well, the pitcher, the specialist, doesn't play every day. He doesn't pitch every day. He's a different player than all the rest of the guys who play 150 while the pitcher only plays in, if you're lucky, a starting pitcher plays in 20% of the games. 20%. All the rest of the players play in 90-plus percent if you're a starter. So give me a break on the got to play both ways because he does not. So enjoy people actually doing their job. If you want to, look at the pitchers as a whole from when AL – implemented this dh from now look on fan graphs and just look up every year that pitchers hitting went down and now where it's at it's atrocious their weighted win runs created plus is like negative 18 as a whole it's terrible so these guys can't hit stop making them do it i'm sure that pitcher some pitchers are sad about it but other pitchers are like yes finally you can stop pretending i don't have to do that dumb batting in front of the like a week before my game starts and because i gotta get batting practice in this is dumb i'm oh, a those pitcher. those pitchers that hit 210 are like you know pissed off oh sorry who cares go sit yeah. down go have a seat uh, like the the disparity is only amplified when you see a team like the white Sox go into wrigley and these are important games and they're they're intense games and your team the Sox, they got a little bit of a rally cooking and then here comes the pitcher and it's just like oh this is so dumb I, I get so this? mad like it doesn't make any sense yeah like and then you know, as white Sox fans we'll bring up our solo times where our pitchers did well mark burley in milwaukee john garland in cincinnati and that's about it, right? We're done. Yeah. There's about nothing else. I don't know if we've ever had a pitcher do well at Wrigley and get some get a home run or anything like that. So, yeah, it's much as an American League fan, now that we go to what, 20 games versus the National League Central this year, not seeing any of our pitchers hit. Excellent. Wait a second. Perfect. Um 
didn't the Sox have a pitcher? This guy Brooks Keisik. No, no, he he had like a one-off start at Wrigley Field a few years back. Oh yes, Anthony. Anthony, I, I got his name. He's big, tall. He was uh, throwing a no hitter along uh, for a long time. I Anthony forget. Renato, yeah, becomes the first White Sox pitcher since Mark Burley to hit a home run. I, I remember that. You Correction, know. I've been corrected. That's good. <laughs> so you have to go back to a guy who's not even with the team anymore, and a guy that's out of baseball, and a game that none of us remember. The only thing I remember about that game was he like promptly gave up a. Home run to the uh, grand slam to Addison Russell, I believe, Ugh. later on in that ball game. But Ugh. anyway, I, I think he was all, rolling though for a while. He was, yeah. Um, so we're on agreement. Universal DH, it's going to be good. I, I hope it sticks around uh, well past 2020. It gives more guys jobs. It takes less, you know, takes more pressure off of a starting pitcher. Just focus on what you have to focus on. You know, maybe some guys will counter that. Maybe they'll say, "I like hitting. It's a part of the game. It helps me." you know, relax a little bit and helps take away focus, focus away from pitching and the cerebral mental part of that. But, you know, it's, we're all in agreement here. It's, it sucks. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, more DH is better for baseball. And as I brought up last episode, episode 40, the guy that people usually bring up is Madison Baumgartner. He's the guy, the standard bear for pitchers who can rake. Let's check out his last four years of hitting because his 2000. 14 and 15, he was an actual good hitting pitcher. He was an actual good pit hitter. He was an OPS plus of 113 that year and an OPS plus of 100. So 100 is just standard. Real it's, quick. It's, it's average. Real quick. We're talking, if you're a rodeo fan out there, we're talking about Mason Saunders, of course. That guy, yes. <laughs> um, subsequently, since then, he's been OPS plus of 69. Nice. 84. So close. 5 and 24. He hit 127. On base of 236, slug 222 last year. So, not that good anymore. The good hitting pitcher is bad now. You can call up a guy from single A and have him do that, I think. Exactly. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm sure that also coincides with injuries. That coincides with him not pitching as well either. Like, he hasn't been that type of pitcher either in this time. And so, making him be a... Hitter. I don't want my pitchers running around the bases. Exactly. <laughs> Take that jacket off, son. T- tiring him out, making him struggle at the field, and maybe he's taking that out to the mound that he's not a good hitter anymore, and he's struggling. And now we'll see in Arizona this year where he only gets to pitch the ball. Maybe he can recapture some of that glory he had in 2013 to 2016. Now, here's an interesting one as we move on to the second rule. Runner on second to begin extra innings. During the regular season, every half inning after the ninth will begin with a runner on second base. Mm-hmm. The designated runner would be the player who made the final out the last time his team was at bat or a pinch runner. If that runner scores, the pitcher won't be charged with an earned run. Thank God. Uh, this rule will not be in place for the postseason. Over this some, some stats here to, to put into context. Over the past five years, 8.26% of all regular season games have gone to extra innings. There were 208 extra inning games in the 2019 regular season, counting for 8.56% of all games. I hate, hate, hate this stupid rule, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. This is a rule implemented by the commissioner who, by all accounts, seems to hate baseball. The the, the sport that he governs over, the game he he watches over, he Mm -hmm. seems to hate it. He thinks it's boring. He thinks its best player should be more marketable by himself, Mike Trout. (laughs) Like He hates the game. He has this disdain towards the game of baseball, and he wants to 
ruin it by just giving a runner a second base immediately. Uh, you know, they, they're going to use this under the guise of, oh, player safety, and we don't want the games to go on for too long. But you, you only heard there, it's only 8% of games go to extra innings. And how many of these games actually go to 14, 15, 16 innings, these marathon games you hear about? They do happen, of course. We've certainly worked a bunch of them uh-huh. in our radio careers. But you know, this is this is not baseball. Every this is why I love baseball is because everything in baseball is earned, not given. You know, you're, it's so dumb to to give a, a runner second base because you're talking a, a wild pitch and and a fly that ball, fly, yeah. and that run comes in, and that, that's you know, and especially if you're talking about a game. Let's say Lucas Giolito is out dueling. Jose Barrios, you know, for, for they both go nine innings. It's a two to one ball game, and all of a sudden you're just going to have just an arbitrary, dumbass rule to decide, you know, the the way that game's going to end. You know, it totally changes the the projection of how that game's going to end just because. I don't know if it said in the clip you just read. Is it the last batter who got out in the inning before? Is it just any effing guy that can come in like you just got some guy that's like uh what terrence score they said or a pinch runner okay so, so they're gonna immediately they're gonna but it's that pinch runner just take out the guy who was out yeah it's a good question in. it does not say that um just, i would think you, you would lose that guy yeah i know? would hope so i mean i hope baseball rules other than the dumb rule they just implemented would still be there um yeah, so if elo jimenez finishes you know he's the last out of the, of the ninth inning and he you know, he comes back in the tenth, and he, all of a sudden he's a word second base. And what do you got to take out your your best hitter, one of your best hitters? You know, for a chance to to win the ball game. I mean, I mean, I would because he's not coming back for eight more hitters. So I, I mean, if I if I got to play these dumb rules, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stack my team. And this is hopefully what the White Sox are doing. This you have a bunch of guys down in the on your thirty man, so you would regularly have twenty six. On a, this year, starting the 26-man roster. So you're 27, 28, 29, and 30, man. A couple can be pitchers, but those 28 and 29 and 30 guys, I'll just have fast dudes just ready to be a pinch runner. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. I would even recruit, like, guys, like if we're not going to play baseball anymore, I want a guy that's just fast, that knows how to steal bases. I don't even care if he picks up a bat or not. Just run fast and go around. And luckily, if we don't... If we make it to the next half inning, you can catch the ball a little bit. You know, like those guys that the Royals used to always put in. I think it's Terrence Gore. Or yep. I forgot the other guy. Just to steal a base, that guy gets a second. They hit a single, and that guy scores. Ger- so Gerard Dyson. Gerard Dyson. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Can't steal first black guys. <laughs> that was me. Herb said that. Candy didn't say it. <laughs> Thank you. All um. right. Yeah, so, yeah. It, if you got to play the dumb rules that they have, they have instituted for this year, I'm not a fan of it. But I understand the thinking is you don't want long ass games, stupid, especially in stupid, this, stupid. Um, you're playing 100 less games than you're used to playing. Yeah, this but they not- don't want the games to last longer, so you're more around the players, so you're exposed to the That's disease what, more. What you're going to catch COVID just by, yes, by playing like, like, extra, like you know if you if you talk to any doctor, they'll tell you you can increase your chances of catching COVID 19 by playing longer baseball games. That's so thinning is a stupid. It's a doozy, man. God, why you know he- what I want to happen now. I want that to happen. Like some guy scores, like he scores, and so it's like four to three now. And then the other team does it, and they keep on doing, it, and it just keeps on happening. Like it's is it like college when you get to like the 14th inning, they put bases loaded now with no outs. Oh god! And then you gotta you you gotta hit off of one leg instead. Well, ultimately, of, that's what's gonna happen because you know you argue like you know 
get a guy in second base. What's the natural instinct to do for strategy? Better, better put a guy in first base so you can get the force out going. Yeah. And then, oh, you might, don't stop there. This is all bullshit anyway, so you might as well put another guy on so you can have a force at any base. You know what I mean? Like, it just it gets ridiculous. And like you said, I, I do envision a scenario where the next team comes up, does the same thing, and the games keep going longer and longer yeah. and longer. Yeah, this is the thing, though, too. It's weird. It actually promotes bringing bunting back, which I'm fucking furious about. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, Rick Renteria will do it all the damn okay. time. Well, speaking of Rick Renteria, here's what he had to say uh, about this proposed rule in particular. I don't want to, you know, lend to you strategies that I might incorporate, but guess what? It's bunting. We know it's bunting. <laughs> you know, the secret's out, Ricky. It's bunting. I I get the idea of of trying to limit based on arms um you know how it affects your arms your bullpen when you play uh, long games i would have rather just had no i'll put it out there my my own opinion is and i've suggested this years ago talk to uh, him Ricky. and i'll put myself in trouble was just to play maybe, maybe play an 11 inning game and figure out some way of uh creating a point system that if you're tied after that you use some kind of mechanism that gives you a uh, ability to create something that gives you some some form of differentiating yourself from other clubs that end up having the same type of record and whatnot. That way you just play the game as you should, and then it ends when it ends. So Ricky, who loves strategy, quote-unquote, and he loves to bunt, you'd think that he would get a boner over this extra inning rule, having a guy start at second base, because then he, he gets uh, he gets his, his bunting binder out. He's like, oh, who's my best bunter? But he just seems to me he doesn't he's, like the rule. He's like, yo, and Mancada, bunt. <laughs> oh, God. No, no. I don't want baseball to come back if that's what's going to happen. No, he, I mean, he's, 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 he's tempering it now. Yeah. He's tempering it. He knows he'll get killed by the media. Because he's, he's a traditionalist, it sounds like, because yeah. he, he loves that part of the game and he doesn't like it to be changed or messed with, which I get. I like what he said there. That makes more sense to have just a finality. This game is tied. You guys, it's like hockey. Wins, loss, overtime, ties, whatever. Overtime wins, overtime ties. I don't know if he wouldn't do that all that. But, you know, you have a point system of the win would be, wouldn't be the same. Like, I would, if you're going to have these overtime wins or extra extra inning wins, for baseball teams, are you going to treat them as the same as a regular regular nine-inning win? They shouldn't. They're not the same. And that's why if we're going to do this whole experiment and we're going to play baseball different, they should play the standings different. 60 games is going to be like that. It's two months. It's over. And there's going to be a bunch of teams tied up. And they're not doing the expanded playoffs this year, right? So it's the same 10 teams that get to the playoffs there were last year. I'm going to see a lot of extra game 61s this year to break ties of divisions, wild cards, uh, other things. So there's, I think there's going to be a lot of confusion if there's just straight win, loss, and they're not differentiated from the extra inning wins and the regular nine inning win. Yeah, I, I kind of dig the tie system, but as you mentioned, it is kind of clunky there. They have a lot of things that need to be sorted out, and you might end up actually just you know doing the exact thing that you didn't want to do is play more baseball games. So in short, I think just let the game be the game. You know, you know, play until there's a winner. You know, I think it's an it's an anomaly these these fifteen sixteen inning games that that you're so worried about, and the, the players are, are as fresh as ever this year with the with the reduced schedule. It has nothing to do with health or, or player safety. You're they're only going to have more players at their disposal, so just just let the game be the game and stop trying to trying to ruin it. And you know, it's 
the game has survived for for this long we're playing under these rules stop trying to 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 appease like such a small portion of, of people who just don't have the attention span for it um can it be frustrating when you're watching a game and it seems like it's never going to end? Yeah, at, at times, but it's 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 part of the game, man. It's what it's what I love about it. No clock, all right. So it is what you it said is. That right. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, next rule: position players pitching. There will be no restrictions on position players pitching. They originally thought that they weren't going to let that happen, be a thing, but uh, they they immediately backed off of that. So there's no restrictions on position players pitching. Thank God. There shouldn't be many position players pitching this year. With the expanded rosters, you would think so. No, unless it's for a goof, unless everyone needs a laugh, uh, you know that can happen. But you know, yeah, and that's the only time pitchers or position players pitch is because when somebody's getting shellacked. You want to save your bullpen? No need to save the bullpen this year. Everybody's gonna be nice and fresh this year. You're gonna be throwing guys out there for 35, 40 games, and you're gonna be good. They're gonna be have fresh arms, especially if they haven't pitched the first couple months here. So their arms gonna be very live. So I only like uh, the position players pitching when it's the marathon then this year is the sprint uh suspended games if weather forces a game to be cut short before it's official will be continued at a later date rather than started from scratch so you know that's not something that we see a lot of i don't think a suspended game so it's not really something that we have to worry about this year i don't think um and i want like sorry to finish that since there's gonna be not not a lot of fans in these stands I want, like, a game in Cleveland that gets rained out or, like, canceled at the third inning. White Sox next series versus Cleveland is in Chicago. Finish that game there. You don't have to worry about doing it in Cleveland. Have the Indians bat like they're a home team. Finish the game in Chicago. You're not worried about the gate. So you finish the game in Chicago before a a scheduled game. It's kind of like a doubleheader. You don't have to wait until they go back to Cleveland to finish that game. Just get it done. Get them all done while they can. Since this is a different year where no fans are really going to be in the stands that much, and if there are, they're not a lot to make a, a difference, just finish these games. This is a different year where we're experimenting on things. There, we're not going to have a huge home crowd advantage, and so let's just uh, finish our games when we can. We have the ability to do it because if you're having a game in the middle of August and that happens to be rained out, when are you going to – resume that game that might be done you might not go back to cleveland and, and you no guys, one wants to yeah <laughs> well i'd go back i would i would i trade everything melt. to go back to cleveland and go to melt and go see a game there uh, at this point a little perspective here maybe for if you. it's better because it looks the same as it was in 2011 was it 2011 we went 10, opening day opening 20, day for uh jim for uh adam dunn yeah yeah the all the all-in season yeah mm. anyway uh if any of you guys are fans of wet rags Stay there, okay? That's a tease. <laughs> hang, hang tight if you want to hear about wet rags. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. Players and managers will be expected to maintain physical distance from all umpires and opposing players on the playing field whenever possible. Players or managers who leave their position to argue with umpires come within six feet of an umpire or an opposing player or manager for the purpose of argument or engage in an altercation on the field will be subject to immediate ejection and discipline, including a fine and a suspension and a suspension. Discipline will be consistent with past precedent and shall not be reduced or prorated based on the length of the season. This is going to be a clunky one here. This is going to be one of those things where we're going to have to just sort of, as we go along here, figure out how we're going to adapt to this uh, as, as baseball culture people uh, i don't you know 
Joe West loves to put himself in a ball game, okay? So I don't know how this is going to play out given the fact that he loves the theater Mm -hmm. of of being a bad umpire. He loves to make the spectacle of it. And he loves, you know, making it about him and loves getting getting into it with an opposing manager. I don't... This is going to be a weird one. And when you combine this with the fact that... There's going to be no fans in the stands, so you're going to be able to hear everything that's said on the field. Like I'm assuming that they're going to have a little bit of a crowd mic or field effects mic, so you can pick up, you know, some of the things that go on. But yeah, this is one of the to. things you got to. This is I can't wait for this from an audio content perspective. You're going to be able to hear everything Rick Renteria is saying to Joe West. This is the thing, though, as a board op of Cubs games. Every once in a while, when they play day games, I'll be the board op this year, 2020. I got to listen to that game. Actively, like, and I don't want to, you know, act like I don't do my job properly. But when I'm doing my job as a Cubs board op, I'm not listening to every single word that's going on during the broadcast. I'm enjoying it. I'm listening for cues. I'm marking down things that they say. Pat and Ron have reads they have to do, or Zach in this case, they have to do, and I need to mark them down in the in the log. This, with field mics and such and no crowd noise, man, I already heard that Mitch said we're going on delay. So, you know, baseball players, umps like your man's uh, Joe, Angel Hernandez will be MFing people all day long. So I got to be there. I got to be like, and also when it's real, you know, when we had Ozzy on, he would be cussing, cussing, cussing. <laughs> and so you hit the dump button, and it wouldn't catch those extra two cusses. So I got to be like, oh, I heard him cuss, but let me wait. Let me wait a second. Yeah. Let me wait a second, and then dump it. I, I do that all the time, yeah, where you're waiting to see if there's another one coming. Because usually when there's when there's one, there's another one right behind oh, it. Oh, yeah. So you try to wait it out and see if you can catch as many as possible. The last thing I want is Mitch like, Herbie, what's going on? When we lose our lights and we'll be getting sued by the uh, SEC. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to have that. So this year... I gotta be, and, and it's gonna be me and probably Dickens and like Adam Szynski. You know those dudes. I don't know if they're gonna be paying attention like that. No, Sorry they, to break they bad do. On them. They do. Sorry um, to break bad on you guys. Um, I think we had a, a a corporate lawyer come in a few years ago and talk to us about that. And I think I even asked the question because I was fresh off of. Uh, board hopping Chicago Bears games. And mm. if you think baseball games are bad with a lot of the stuff that gets picked up by the microphones, uh, football games are even worse. And it's a lot more stuff that would really have you clutching your pearls. Yeah, they got the parabolic <laughs> mics down there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, occasionally that would happen. Uh, dump out of it if it was really clear. But Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, they do a great job. It's like a real, it's a fast paced game in general, but they do it at a pace where everything is sold on that broadcast too. So it's like they're pretty much talking throughout the entire time. But I remember, I think a corporate lawyer came in and said, Yeah, we can't, you're not going to get, lose your license or get fined for something that, you know, happens during a live, live sporting event. You know, uh, if, you can, if you can dump it, great. But if not, you know, it, it is what it is. It's like, understood. Like, you know, if that if it happens in the middle of a play, what's the point of that? Of dumping that, like you know, like it, immediately after a touchdown where someone screams. I remember uh, I was doing a parabolic mic for Northwestern in Michigan, and I'm like, you know, I got my parabolic aimed right at a Michigan running back, and he scores a touchdown. I'm waiting. I'm like, here it comes. He's gonna he's gonna drop an N bomb or an F bomb right into my parabolic <laughs> microphone, and it never came. It was oh. just one of those silent celebrations. But it was just one and of those. The ref, what a jerk. <laughs> I know. Michigan man, bub. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so it's it's inevitable. You know, it's I'm glad I don't have to do play by play based stuff anymore because I have my own issues doing a talk show. You know, as we walk the line of 
uh, of comedy and what's profane and what's not. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what some of these umpires say too to egg on these managers because you only see like one side of the story a lot of the time where it seems like the manager more so is is the aggressor. But you know those umpires say and do things that gets these managers to go off a little bit. So I'm I'm curious to see how those sort of interactions, you know, uh, take place over the course of, of a 60-game season. I think maybe everyone will just be a little bit more aware, tampered down, just, you know, you know that it's not going to be able to lead to a physical altercation or up-close confrontation, so everyone is just going to just back off. Like, you know, Ricky will just like... And it. you don't want to be in this man's face screaming. Yeah, yeah. The just, thing going on with the whole pandemic going on. Yeah, and in players too, it's going to be weird because baseball is a tense game, man. Like, it's a, it's a very emotional game. Like, you know, some guy gets his tower buzzed or gets hit with a pitch and, you know, you're talking two rival teams where every game is going to be even more intensified in a 60-game season. Every game is like a big divisional matchup, basically. And, you know, who's to who's to say that, you know, tensions don't run high and that's that part is in, is unavoidable. I think I think the, the, the manager and umpire thing can be avoided by cooler heads who are not actively involved in, in the game itself as far as, you know, the physical aspect of it. But when you're talking about guys that are in the physical aspect, you know, you're talking about, you know, high slides and things like that. All the little things that happen over the course of a baseball game, these things that sort of build their own momentum and it leads to like you know beanball war or fights like i don't know how they're going to avoid that unless everyone is just going to be totally just you know numbed out because they know of all these restrictions no one wants to get suspended for a couple games especially in a 60 game season that could cost your team a chance of the division if you get suspended for one or two games in a 60 game season i could see a red ass pitcher being really really upset about getting squeezed or perceivedly getting squeezed and because he's got seven of these or eight of these, he's like, come on, man, this is real. I only got seven of these. You can't be BSing me on my, on my pitches. It was a strike. Let's go to uh, let's go to robot umps. And it's like you can't mutter things anymore because they would usually just get lost yeah. with the crowd noise and everything going. It's like this motherfucker ain't shit. And that and then I was like, what'd you say? It's like, hey, man, I heard you. Uh, you, get to, you get to hear things guys say in their gloves now. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to. It's like, ah, I know so. I'm a great person. I did such a great job there. Yeah. Yeah, like the glove over the fist, over the uh, face for, you know, hey, I want to throw a fastball here type of thing is yeah. useless now. Like, I, like, the batter's like, guys, I hear you. Thank right. you. Just. You know, use a like yeah. a walkie-talkie or I something. I don't have a guy in the first row here wishing death on my family, so yeah. I can hear everything you're saying. Yeah. So inner earpiece or something. That would be more like. The, I mean, I know they don't like technology, but you know, for guys who don't want to talk and need some nonverbal communication, you know, something like a doo doo. Yeah, but that, you know, the, that's real. That's tough coming off the Astros thing. It is, <laughs> but like, imagine like I'm. I'm imagining now, like, in an empty ballpark, you hearing the catcher's footsteps. Seeing if the, like, by being it so silent, you can just hear him, like, dragging Shifting, his foot yeah. closer to you. It's like, oh, this is going to be an inside fastball. Like, I'm ready for it. Like, that that part of the game will be more enhanced. Your your hearing will be more up to par. You'll be like, okay, he's coming to bring this ball inside. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rock it. 
All right, finally, for all you wet rag enthusiasts out there, pitchers will be permitted to carry a small wet rag in their back pocket to be used for moisture in lieu of licking their fingers. Pitchers will not be able to access the rag while on the rubber, and they must clearly wipe the fingers of their pitching hand dry before touching the ball or rubber. Water is the only substance that will be allowed on the rag. <laughs> what uh, the hell, man? They knew what they were writing on the rag. Come um, on, yeah. Man. Yeah, and, and, and seriously, is there um going to be going out there like licking that that rag? Hmm, this you, sounds like soda. Is he going out there with a little beaker testing the the, the the what the moisture is on the rag? Like, is this sweat? Is it water? Is, they should just give them... It's a hand sanitizer. Instead, yeah, they should literally give them hand sanitizer every... To open every inning, like yeah. an unopened hand sanitizer that the pitcher has to open in front of that umpire and show it to him and put it in his back pocket. They should put one of those hand sanitizer stands like we have in the right lobby in the of our building where you just, you know, put your hand under it and it goes, and it sports, you know. Yeah, and, and that way it could be in play. Like a ball hits off. Oh, it's off the hand sanitizer. Automatic double. <laughs> if you like hit the, the hand sanitizer. Like the catwalk in yeah. Tampa? Yeah. Yeah, automatic double. Um, yeah, this is such a weird thing, this wet rag thing. I mean, who? so what happens when the wet rag is becomes dry? Like, does someone come out with a bucket of wet rags? And, and then you're talking about, you know, more interaction with people that are not six six feet distance apart what is going on here with this wet yeah, rag like, I don't, like how like you just have a like a a, a water spot in your booty just, <laughs> just i kept thinking about that yeah you got the, the wet rag in your back pocket and it's just bulging out and all of a sudden it like, runs on your leg and like how much like you're in the, out there in the mound for probably three to four minutes hot day in texas hot day in arizona i know they have both domes some hot day here in chicago humidity is running high that rag, that rag might be dried out by, you know, like you said, the fourth or fifth hitter. You're like, hey, um, can I get another rag? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, I get you, the, so the part other, where we need, don't need to. The other team's manager, hey, that's the third rag he's had today. You better <laughs> give the same rags to my guy. Do we get three rags? <laughs> God. Why does ours keep dry? Why does ours keep wet and his is dry? Oh, God. Like, the, like that, I think this introduces more problems than it actually solves. <laughs> I know they want to stop the guys from going to their mouths so they don't do the coronavirus thing. You, know, you don't want to promote that. But also, Every si- any scientist will tell you get coronavirus by playing longer baseball games. It's not from exactly. going to your mouth. We've so. already discussed this earlier. <laughs> but also, if this guy's got coronavirus already, <laughs> I don't care if he goes to his mouth. He's going to his own damn mouth. What What is making him get coronavirus? If this atmosphere is supposed to be safe, him putting his fingers to his mouth is not going to be yeah, so more. Yeah, so what you're saying is it's already too late. If yes. You gotta, yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you already compromised the whole thing. Yes. If, yeah, I, like, I, I agree with you in that like, regard. Throw yeah. away, like, it's kind of what Bernstein says. Like, yeah, football's dangerous, but they signed up for this. They signed up for this. It's like kind of implied danger. It's implied danger that they're going. That's why I didn't want this season to be played at all. It's implied danger to go out to this place. They, as MLB, need to make sure that everything in this atmosphere is as safe as possible. And going to your fingers, what they regularly do, and spit, no spitting and shit like that, those guys are going to spit all the damn time. What are you going to do? You can't. Yeah, that's ingrained. Yeah. Grabbing grabbing your dick and balls, spitting, um, you know, all, all that stuff is something that you just, I don't know. I just don't understand. Also, they can't take showers. They got to go right home. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like, 
I just picture Yohan Moncada driving home in his baseball uniform. Yeah, like it's so silly. Like, well, it worked for uh, it worked for Tom Berenger in Major League. Yeah, when he showed up to the party in his full baseball uniform. He even drove the bullpen, the bullpen car. car. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it, there is precedent that has happened before, but it's so dumb. Um, I don't know if this is gonna work. This is something that we'll be struggling with. I think two weeks in, like I think Chicago had the smokeless tobacco ban mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And every game since, I've seen Jose Abreu have a huge dip in his mouth. Sorry to break bad on you, Jose, but wow. you've been you've been having smokeless tobacco in your mouth the whole time. And the people don't listen to that shit. They're playing baseball. They're yeah. And I like the 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 thought behind the rule, but you can't legislate things these guys have been doing, and they really don't hurt anybody but themselves while doing it. So spit. You'll see these guys two weeks in spitting, doing their regular thing because. One of the guys be struggling. It's like, oh, I'm struggling because I can't do my regular thing. So I'll be going <laughs> in the mouth, and I'll be spitting, and I want somebody to tell me I can't do that. And what are they going to do to me? That's what they're going to say. And then they're going to go on and do their thing. And then after a while, my, Rob Manfred, who hates baseball, was like, Meh, who cares? I'm not going. I don't care. Those rules are done now. All right. Well, we'll be struggling with a lot of these things, and this, this, these things will have a, a way of sorting themselves out uh, as the season progresses, and hopefully, as we get closer and closer to a vaccine. Um, that's all I got. And then we still haven't gotten to the Zips projections, which we will get to in episode forty-two, as well as you can actually bet on which Astro is going to get Bean first. So we'll get to that as well in episode forty-two. And also, I want to talk about the Negro League Museum, the importance of of the Negro Leagues, and how. One of the great, you know, losses this year is not being able to celebrate that 100th anniversary in full capacity as as we should have this year. So we'll get to that all in episode 42. But before we get out of here, make sure you tell your smart speaker to play Locked On MLB. That's right, the Locked On Podcast Network has its own MLB show. They do a great job breaking down all the news and notes, and they'll be talking about a lot of these rules implementations and talking about what players and coaches have to say as we get closer to starting this thing. so And hopefully we'll have some roster news for you, too, by the next time we, we do another show. So that's all I got tonight, Harvey. All right, that is Chris Tano. Follow him on Twitter, at Chris Tannehill. Follow me on Twitter, Herb Lawrence, at EctorWall23. It's Lawrence spelled backwards. 23 is Robin Ventura. Uh, you follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnSocks, LockedOnSocks on Instagram also. And if you need and want to send us an email, which we can read on Mailbag Monday, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com to reach us there. You can ask us anything about the White Sox baseball, life in general. Guy, uh, last episode asked us about how we were doing. It was a very nice gesture by that gentleman. So LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for Mailbag Monday. For Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us for episode number 41 on Locked On Socks.